Welcome to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Back together, Home Improvement. Good afternoon. Welcome to KMOX. Lunchtime here, middle of the day, middle of the dial. Scott Mosby here at your service. Phone lines are open for the second hour of the KMOX Home Improvement Show. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. Stay tuned. We've got lots of things happening, as Scott Jagal said, with the NFL throughout the day. And the Blues tonight, uh, we have one full hour to talk about all the issues important to you around your home and your buildings, all the things that you've got going on, any do-it-yourself projects. I know we're so close to the holidays. We're deep into Hanukkah. We're sneaking up on Christmas, and the New Year's is just around the corner next week, so we've got a lot of things happening. Maybe you're just fixing things up for the guests, or perhaps you're just done and you're going to take it up after the holidays, 314-436-7900. My name is Scott Mosby. Uh, I own Mosby Building Arts. We were founded in 1947. So we are now uh, 76 years old and founded by my dad, uh, evolved in many iterations to the point that uh, now we are a full design and architectural firm as well as a construction company. And, uh, you know, it. Uh, we've learned over the years, and, and this really is my dad's vision, and it's been borne out in many other com- companies, you know, around St. Louis and around the country, uh, called Design Build. And what that is, uh, if you think about Frank, Frank Lloyd Wright, and you heard about kind of the Bauhaus, uh, his concept was throw all of the craftsmen, designers, and everybody together in one team and really just make them get along and figure out how to build what the vision was for that building. So the vision might be, you know, what you know, falling waters or whatever. But the, the point was back in his training was you had architects and you had uh, stonemasons and you had carpenters and you had elect- and they all had to figure this thing out together. So teamwork mattered. Well, uh, we came through uh, after World War II where the architects uh, were drawing plans. They'd go out to bid with a contractor. They'd select a contractor. Off you'd go and start building the projects. Uh, and the frankly, um, uh my my particular view is um as uh, uh architectural fees were um negotiated down and down and down the architects um has delivered fewer services for those fees and a lot of that responsibility was shifted to the contractor which frankly kind of makes a little bit of sense because the contractor gets most of the money and has most of the uh, uh, warranty responsibility so my father really wanted to get in early with the architect so that he could hear kind of read between the lines the homeowner wanted this and didn't want that but there was a reason that they would discuss at that point in design that was ever so important to the contractor and the builders trying to figure out how do we hit the mark for the consumer you know we have a client and they're going to be happy or not based on you know whether we put this light switch on this side of the two by four or that side of the two by four um you know so uh, frankly uh, as architects wound up um uh, specializing in bigger and bigger and bigger projects, frankly, then residential construction kind of was underserved. And uh, um, we started drawing plans. My dad started drawing plans for screen porches and bathroom remodels, simple projects that permitting was allowed to do. And he'd get the building permits because there was no serious structural work or we'd get it stamped by a structural engineer. 
on and on till really my time in Mosby Building Arts was it just made so much sense that the architect would be part of the company along with all the builders, constructors, managers. And uh, I mean, frankly, it, the, the, frankly, if you don't haul the trash away and you do a great job on the rest of the project, but there's a big old pile of trash out in front and that's what the homeowner experiences every morning and every night when they leave and come back, it's a little frustrating. So the simple things mean a lot. And uh, that's kind of, so we've evolved into having architects, um, aging in place specialists, certified bath and certified kitchen designers. And we bring the construction team in very early so that everybody gets a vote, you know, because the reality is the homeowner doesn't care. They care whether we get it right. I don't care why you got it wrong. You guys all get together and you make it right. Well, that's kind of how we're built. And, and it takes time to get everybody together in a room. Uh, so even when you have a great relationship between the architect and the builder, and for us, they're all in the same building. They're literally desking right next to each other. Um, and it's still communication is tough because most of the construction is decentralized out around the St. Louis area. And so you can't just go around the corner and talk to the architect and say, what did you mean by this? Um, you know, so it's done by phone. Uh, we do a lot of Zoom meetings between the designers, the product uh, suppliers. It's like that thing's going to have a such and such. You need to be able to lift that sink up a half inch in order to do this. Anyway, so design build has evolved into what Mosby Building Arts and many other companies around the area. And on the very large projects, when you have a time schedule, um, a design build, uh, believe it or not, is uh, significantly faster than bid build because it takes, you know, generally it can take a very long time to draw a set of plans. And then uh, what really takes time, and I say this often, you know, we can go faster than you can as a consumer because we're going to ask you 100 questions. And the design is going to reflect the answer to all those 100 questions. As many of those questions, you, you choose to either answer those questions or have us answer them for you. And it, so anyway, it's, uh, it moves right along because oftentimes people say, you just make the, make the decision for me. Um, and then we ask the three or four questions that clarifies the exact things that we really can't make those decisions. We get what we need and off we go. Uh, let's get going with my friend uh, Art. Art, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. How can I help you this fine day? Yeah, Scott. Yeah, I just want to wish you a healthy and to have your mental transmitter batteries supercharged because there's nothing better than having some corporate corporate intelligence and background for the people that are being that are you're are being replacing you. But you know, I used to pass by. Goodfellow Lumber Company at Goodfellow and Natural Bridge. And some years that burned down. And you're always talking about urethane-treated lumber in the interior and having served some time overseas there uh, with respect to the Oriental Way. They just go ahead and burn down the buildings around the perimeter of whatever started the place. But uh, getting back to the Goodfellow Lumber Company, I used to set pins up at Natural Bridge. I'd uh, go ahead, make my 15 cents for 10 frames, go buy (laughs) Ted Bruce custard, and walk down that Goodfellow 
much of uh, this sort of gloomy area. And I'm just sort of wondering, with respect to the modern-day home, what do you recommend with respect to fire prevention? As far as, would you just say one or two fire extinguishers is uh, all that is really required? Well, frankly, uh, by the time the home is built, uh, all most of the opportunities for fire prevention have passed. Our responsibility as homeowners then get to the extension cords and the multi-plugs and loading up old circuits. So, yes, I do recommend I have, you know, four fire extinguishers in very inconvenient places. So that right underneath the kitchen sink is one. I have one in the garage, and I have one then in closet. So my wife is not a real fan of where I put my safety equipment, but, I, you know, I hope that you fall over it when you need it um but yeah so fire extinguishers but really uh, and this season right now is probably one of the riskiest art for fire risk because we're bringing in live trees which is tinder um then putting electrified lights on it thank god we're on to leds which hot anymore they don't cause those fires in the same way but likewise um, most of the building code and the fire code is, uh, and I had it with, you know, in the first uh, caller here, you know, with Jay, it was making sure fire stops are in, drywall is used for a fire separator, we've got draft stops that we put up there, even little things just to keep the air from moving through a cavity. So, frankly, it's it's mostly the builder, the remodeler that holds that fire prevention responsibility and the inspectors and such. And thank God, you know, in the St. Louis County area here, we have really good, you know, plan reviewers. We have really good inspectors. And, uh, you know, um, the fire department takes their, their job very carefully and seriously. So we've got a pretty good team here. And, I, I you know, when something goes wrong, it's usually extension cords and simple things. So, yeah. Well, let me ask you on this LED lights. Isn't there some kind of gas that is employed to go ahead and increase the lumens per square foot or whatever? Is that an argon or uh, what type of a gas is that? That's not any kind of uh, hydrogen, is it, uh, in those LEDs? the, the, The diodes actually glow without a gas. Um, there, there are halogen bulbs that uh, are very hot. Uh, they're more efficient than incandescent. So incandescent puts out a lot of uh, heat. Um, the uh, halogen bulbs put out even more heat, but they're more efficient. And what? And then we went to the fluorescents, which are much cooler, use a lot less energy, but then they're an odd color. You have to get way up into the 4,000, 3,000 Kelvin, which is hard for a uh, fluorescent bulb to do now thank god we're on to led so the diode art is just you know it's kind of like a glowing um you know resistor tube in a tv set so it's not really uh there's no real gas that i'm aware of in an led light emitting diode it's just a piece of electronics that throws out electric or throws out lumens well you know i don't hear much about conduct and that's the temperature differentials between the, uh, the output and the input as far as the power generation of your uh, uh, generator and so forth like that. It, it always worries me, though, that people are getting so much encased in this uh, flammable 
materials plus a lot of pollution uh, also coming off of these. Uh, this, I don't know whether the kiln-dried lumbers. Yeah, I, I like to hear you talk about the lumber commodities, and I just like to hear whether or not the uh, problems yeah, exist for younger people growing up uh, to be, be aware of health-wise. Yeah. Well, I'll talk about off-gassing and manufactured uh, fabrics and carpets and such. Uh, I need to take a break now. So. Uh, okay, anyway. thanks. God bless you. God bless you, too. Thank you. Bye now. Bye. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX, tis the, tis the season. A few more days before Christmas, uh, deep into Hanukkah, and we're sneaking up on the New Year's Eve coming around the corner next. I'm going to take a short pause and come back for more after this. Oh, yeah. Ho, ho, ho. Scott Mosby here, Home Improvement, KMOX. Uh, blessings to you, the family of KMOX, and uh, happy to be listening here. Uh, I am a listener and I'm a show host for, oh, my goodness, a long time long time now since 1995 actually and uh, uh, one day I'll tell you the story of how I got on uh, right now let's go talk to my friend Ned hey Ned good afternoon welcome to Camwex how can I help Scott I think it's me and I think you're <laughs> and you the gentleman might have gotten it incorrect my name is Ed but that's oh, all right okay yes and all right and I yeah. my wife and I um, and we're beginning to get a little older, but we've watched uh, so many design shows and reconstruction shows on, on TV and listened to you, of course, on KMOX. But they were doing a uh, This Old House show, and they had opened up the walls. They were going to put in uh, insulation and some other things that had not been done previously in this old, in this old house. And they ran across letters and um, correspondence from the original owner and builder, and it was between she and her architect. And she was so irate, she kept telling him what she wanted, and he wouldn't, I don't know if he didn't listen, but he he had to do it his own way. And she finally got to the point where in the letters she said, either you do it my way or I'm finding somebody else. And it was addressed to Frank Lloyd Wright. I, I don't doubt that a bit. <laughs> I, so, I suspect Frank so, Lloyd Wright was a builder killer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So in your in your new design build portion of uh, Mosby Building and Arts, just and and I know that you do. Just always listen. I, oh. My wife and I built a house uh, about fifteen years ago for my mother and father in law, and. Uh, and I'll tell you what, the difficulties in getting the architect to listen were just unbelievable. So we, we finally, it almost came to a threat of get it right or go go away, <laughs> you know. So anyway, yeah. and it turned out wonderful. One of the architects so. in our office, uh, who actually one of the better listeners, I would say, that in the in the industry, um, has a T-shirt that he hangs up in the office, and it says, "I'm an architect. To save time, let's assume I'm right." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But that, well, but that kind know, of embodies, it, yeah. But, and obviously, the point is sometimes the point is that they know what can be done and what can't be done mechanically or engineering wise but there's sometimes when it's just a matter of taste 
you know, and yeah. they may not like your taste. So yeah. anyway, well, have a blast. Ownership, you know, I, I, I agree. I, I love talking about this topic, Ned, or Ed, because, you know, frankly, it's, well, whose house is it? And, you know, uh, and that's really uh, one of the frustrating, one of the reasons we're deeply into design build is what's the vision? What are, you know, are we trying to build an elephant or are we trying to build, you know, a three-legged cat? And when you get battling visions of, you know, between an architect and an owner or a builder, when you have, when you have three voices, I mean, imagine this, that you've got the architect and the homeowner, and that gets a little sideways. And this is where our company came from. And then the builder who's responsible for all of the warranty, and he's got to build it however he's told. But if he gets it wrong, because somebody told him to make it leak, you know, you see the builder. You know, and it's like, wait a minute, I want to see it at this table. I This is not the right way to build this. So anyway, but it, in, it is. In the modern, like the yeah. modern day, thank God, we've all become a little more into communication. And that's what's key. There's a problem. Say it. You know, don't don't be afraid of the response. Just tell them it's, if, if I do it this way, ma'am, it's going to leak. You know, it is what it is. So anyway, bless you for all you do, and have a wonderful Christmas and holiday. Oh, thanks, Ed. Blessings to you, and uh, thanks for being part of the family. You bet. Take care now. Bye-bye. All right. Bye now. Uh, And and so that's it. Um, There... and architects, frankly, I don't think the design build would have evolved if... uh, um, uh, the the fees got squeezed down, and I'm I'm talking back you know 30 40 years. Architects used to be paid six percent of the project, sometimes eight percent, up to ten, depending on what their role in the project is on construction, super et cetera et cetera. Well, you know, then it's like, well, you just draw pictures, and and then the builder does all this. Well, they the fees got down down and down to the point that nobody was designing the pieces that the builder needed. Um, and that's kind of how my dad went into it was, well, I still have, you know, a hundred questions to ask, which are related to design and style and layout. And, you know, then, you know, right where this, you know, sink is planned. And for us in remodeling, oftentimes we need a pipe to go right down through the center of a structural element. And yet, if we're part of the design team, we can actually uh, change that design so that we avoid a lot of those uh, change orders. So, you know, frankly, in our business, uh, if we have a, there there are two kinds of change orders. One is an owner-initiated change order. Generally, when the relationship happens, when the, you know, construction team is doing a good job and they have a good relationship it's like well gosh i've got you here can i do the powder room too so that is then a measurement of uh of accepting you know the homeowner loves us they want to do more work but if we have things where we're actually saying change order you know because there's something in the way you know in in the design build uh we you know that's something that we look at from the the leadership and management direction is did we miss something on doing our homework because design was part of figuring out how to do this? And, you know, we do make mistakes like everybody else, but our job is to try and miss those change orders. So we're not a big fan of change orders either because uh, generally we don't get to, 
you know, to prepare for them with the same lead time that we do for a whole project. Anyway, phone lines 314-436-7900-436-7900. My name is Scott Mosby. I'm in my second to last show of my KMOX career. I will be back. I'll be throughout the year. Um, and I've enjoyed uh, Rich Orris. And we, we go back. He's been, we've been working together for I, I, almost 20 years, maybe more. Um, and he, he will follow me up here on KMOX. So this is Scott Mosby, KMOX. I'm going to take a short pause and come back for more right now after this. Can you bring me something good? Bring me something good, Santa. Ho, 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 ho. Yeah, you know, I love I love Christmas music. Um, I love the season, the whole thing. I've got a good friend that just does not like Christmas music. Can you imagine? Um, and he, he goes to great lengths not to be around Christmas uh, music. And uh, well, <laughs> I, I just I, I, there's no way to escape it this time of year. So I always feel for him that uh, it's like wow. That's, you don't like Christmas? No, just don't like Christmas. Well, good luck with that. Anyway, let's go to my friend here and talk about uh, Lenny. Hey, Lenny, Scott Mosby here. How can I help you this fine afternoon on Cam Wikes? Hello, sir. Um, me and my brother are having a little bit of a discussion. Um, I do 90% of my own work. My wife's my designer. My brother's a 30-year carpenter, so he knows things. Um, I've been kind of building, you know, while other guys golf and hunt and fish, my hobby is to fix houses up, you know, and, and then live in them for a while. And I've built up my equity and all that stuff. Yeah, my wife's nice a little, my, my wife's a little uh, tired of the neighbors, even though I love where I'm at now, mm-hmm. where, I, where I'm going with this is, is she's wanting something like 20 acres. Um, and I don't, I don't really want to dig a foundation. I don't want to put in a well, all this kind of stuff. So what I'd like to do, is is rehab an old farmhouse but with all the equity i've built up and the cost of things now you know i'd probably be getting about six out of this one at least that's what real realtor says mm-hmm. for me to go into another one and fix it up you're going to like eight nine hundred thousand which isn't undoable it's just a matter of he says for that kind of money to rehab an old farmhouse you'd be you'd be losing money it'd be better to just buy land and and uh, build a new house on it. What are your thoughts on that subject? Well, I kind of agree. Number one, I like your model. Your your business plan of what you're doing is a great uh, way to do it um, in, in especially now because we're uh, we have a we've underbuilt housing for 10 years. So the housing industry, which you're part of, has a big IOU. We just haven't made enough of them. So even though the economy is not doing too well, the price of of housing and construction work and the shortage of construction workers, of which you are one as well, um, the price just keeps going up. So my my, um, endorsement to you is keep doing what you're doing. Uh, that's so I like your business plan on that level. Uh, but I do tend to agree with the realtor because when you go out to rural, then the land is the goal. So your wife, she didn't care about the house. You can fix You can make a house anywhere. Um, right. so she's drawn or the 20 acres. So now the 20 acres is the perceived value of this kind of the economics of the whole thing. And your house, your skill, her design, all the neat stuff is less, a, a smaller percentage of the appeal of that 
product, if you will. So I tend to agree with your real estate agent. Um, and whether you do this on your own, uh, it may be an issue of capital. Can you afford to have that 20 acres and house and still have working capital to come in and buy a house and fix it up and flip it? Because you're you're going to be, I think, in pretty good stead either way, even though times are you know, not strong for building. Interest rates will come down. There's still a shortage of labor. There's still a shortage of good houses. If you're going to create good houses, somebody will buy it. Maybe not for the price that you want, but you'll get paid for your time. So, you know, I'm, but I do agree with the realtor on this one. When you're on a uh, urban or suburban um, neighborhood, then the house is the greatest part of the value, unless you have this killer view or three acres or you know whatever. Well, that's, that's what I currently have. Is I got I'm on a lake, three acres, and all that kind of stuff. So, so that's why <laughs> I don't good. don't want to get rid of it. But neighbors are neighbors. So you're saying yeah. it's safe to because like you know like a lot of these houses in rural, you know they're they were built in the 70s. They look very 70s, and to make them so yeah. that somebody who'd want to I, I just don't want to get over my skis. God forbid yeah. something happens to me, then my wife's left with, you know, yeah. I want to make sure whatever I put that money into, she'll get it back out, you know. So I, I was right. just, I didn't know if, if you know, if I bought something that's got a 1975, something with a hip roof that's 2,000 square feet, if, you know, if I could turn that into something that somebody, you know, now, now, if I have eight hundred grand into it, you know, is somebody going to want to come and give that to her? Or are they going to say no for eight hundred grand? I could buy something that's brand spanking new, you know? Yeah, usually it's the land that is the appeal, so they buy the land, and then, uh, you know, if the house isn't good, and this is the same with a forty, fifty-year-old house that you're remodeling too, that. You know, if the neighborhood has turned into a teardown neighborhood where the dirt's now worth three to five hundred thousand for the building lot or a million, you know, then the house, you know, then the the value of the remodeling is a much smaller part. So what we do to add value is less part, a, a smaller percentage of the whole thing. You're kind of into that whole thing with the twenty acres too. So uh, I, I think you're seeing it right, and and I think the questions you're asking me are the right questions. I, they're not things I can answer because it's really between you and your wife. But man, I, right. I love how you're thinking. <laughs> All right, thank you, sir. Yeah, it's a. I don't know it's, if if I ever have to move, it's going to tear my heart out. But you got to keep happy wife is happy life, right? So <clears throat> yeah, and, and keep in mind that you can build and improve and remodel. Um, and as long as you pick a good neighborhood, then, you know, it's that, that money is going to come back to you, to the value of what you've improved. Um, it, so, but when you get out in rural areas, then the whole, you know, it's people don't buy land because of the house. They buy the land because of the land. So, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I just, I don't know. My, like I said, my brothers, you're crazy for doing that, you know, and that's, but I I figured it was pretty much a to- coin toss, but I just wanted to get a expert well, you, or if there's any realtors listening, if they want to throw in their two cents in this last half hour. But Well, you, Lenny, know. Um, you, you may be crazy, but every important thing that happened in the world's history was done by somebody who's been told not to do it. <laughs> That's true. Or yep. that it can't be done. So, All right. And it's your, your life and... You know, you know, what if somebody, how many times did Steve Jobs get told, you can't do that? Well, right. how'd it go? 
All right. You are correct. Good luck to you. All right. Have a good holiday. Yep. Bye. Thank you. Blessings to you. Bye now. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, Camo X. Uh, so, uh, interesting. Um, and, and I've often thought about this because, you know, I, I look back at my career and, you know, frankly, I went to school at Mizzou, Columbia, Missouri, and there just was not enough housing. There was no place to put students. And I remember thinking with the skills that I had and the experience I had, I'll just, you know, buy houses, fix them up, rent them or sell them or whatever. And there were several people in the area that had done just that or were busy doing that in that town that I think uh, you, you, you know, it's the old South Side way. You, you buy a duplex, you fix up half, you rent it out and you fix up the other half and you just keep doing that until you, you know, build up a nest egg and, and some security. And that that's kind of the old South Side St. Louis way of retirement. Um, and so that version of um it's a mini real estate business, and it's kind of what Lenny's doing. Um, and it's a it's a good model, and sometimes a very good. And in in fact, many of my retired contractor buddies are doing that. They're just buying a house, fixing it up because they still love it. Uh, some of their businesses grew to a place where they weren't really doing much construction work anymore. They were doing the business of it. And, you know, so in their retirement, they're just, you know, slowly flipping houses whenever they feel like it. And um, they're enjoying it. And all you guys out there listening know who you are. And uh, any, but, but it's it's not a new um, a new thing that Lenny is doing. This is this is the old Southside Dutch way of you know build up your security and your retirement through rental real estate, and it's been done so many times. Anyway, this is Scott Mosby, KMOX Home Improvement. I'm going to take a short pause and come back for more after this. Hello. Oops, maybe not. Uh, maybe my producer is away. Anyway. Um, uh, going through Leonard, uh, I, I do want to get back to two things. One, Art brought up off-gassing and building materials and uh, formaldehyde. Um, so or formaldehyde was the history. So uh, keep in mind, a lot of these building materials, when you have fabric that, uh, uh, you know, you buy, you buy a couch. Well, it's oftentimes it's a man-made fabric. Uh, and then you, the stuffing inside the couch is also a man-made foam material and the finish on the feet and the wood part of the couch is also off all these building materials off gas. And, uh, art was alluding to, you know, in his version of a sick building syndrome or SBS sick building. And, and all it is, is when you take all these newly manufactured things, he was talking more about lumber. Well, lumber does off gas, mostly moisture, um, and it, but the point being that you build a new house, the idea is to ventilate it well, because all those um, man-made materials are all off-gassing as they age. Uh, it just like uh, concrete cures over the first 30 days, well, concrete off-gasses, if you will, uh, fabric off-gasses, the glue. So now we've gotten the formaldehydes out of many of these building materials. Formaldehyde was just one of many. So just be aware that as we go into building and remodeling, uh, even and the paints, the paint industry has responded with uh, low VOCs, VOC meaning volatile organic compound or something that's kind of nasty for you and I to breathe. So uh, the point being that many of the uh, manufacturers have responded. But as a, as we still have a lot of stuff in new homes, and, and I love all that stuff. makes a beautiful project, beautiful home, and a wonderful place to live. We just have to keep them. Remember, open the windows, air out the house every now and again, and get her done. Scott Mosby, I'm going to take a short pause and be right back for more after this. 
This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Sponsored by Reinhold Flooring. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Ho, 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 ho. Stuff the truck. Churches on the street collecting items for the homeless in St. Louis. Uh, Mosby Building. Hey, guys. Glover here for my friends Mark and Neil Gelman from the Gelman Team. So that's clothing for men and women, toiletries, food, miscellaneous. When I say miscellaneous, metro bus tickets, tote bags, blankets, sleeping bags, hand I mean, if you're outside, whatever you're putting on to go shopping, that's the stuff that uh, matters to stuff the truck. Uh, so that's Mosby Building Arts, two locations, the Kirkwood Studio 115 West Argonne, which is uh, right across the street from the uh, Kirkwood train station, down the street from Billy G's, and uh, right at the intersection of Argonne and Kirkwood Road. The main office is back in the industrial section, not so clean and pretty, and that's at 645 Leffingwell Avenue, right next to the Puzzle Warehouse. We're right by the Big Bend exit of Highway 44. So anyway, if you've got anything and you know you've got closet stuff, you it, no you, you know who you are, all that stuff that hasn't moved in years or might even not fit anymore would be wonderful and think of how much you would help others. Anyway, 314-436-7900. Put us together on the phone line. 314-436-7900. Right a minute, uh, following this show in about 15 minutes is your retirement professionals, your retirement professionals like every week. And then 2 o'clock, the business of family business. And then we're into the holiday season and football. So it's uh, 3 p.m. We have uh, the doubleheader football. The first game, Cincinnati Bengals and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Second game following that uh, will be the Bills and the Chargers. Lots of things happening. We have uh, nice, pretty good weather today. I know maybe it's going to brighten up a little, as I understand. Tomorrow, a little bit warmer, 67, and on Christmas, about 63. Kind of expecting a little bit of rain, as it says. Anyway, 314-436-7900. I want to talk, circle back around. John asked a question. He had blinking lights with LED lights, LED light bulbs, light-emitting diodes, and then he had dimmers on those. Well, um, dimmers has become, I mean... 30 years ago, you walked through the house, you might see one of those rotary round dimmers, maybe a few of those, you know, then dimmers became more and more popular at the same time that these new uh, uh, energy efficient light bulbs were. Well, the reality is, you know how much trouble you have getting computer A to talk to computer B? Well, that's effectively what we've inserted into the light bulbs and the dimmers thing. So just be aware that getting a dimmer, any manufacturer to get along with a light bulb LED, a high efficiency, so it's a high efficiency dimmer electronic, so it doesn't burn off a lot of heat. Very seldom will you find a new electronic dimmer that puts off the kind of heat that those rheostat. Uh, old dimmers used to put on, you know, the dial kind, that sort of thing. My point being that the performance, uh, things like uh, things we experience. So we get a new light fixture, and the light fixture comes with LED lights. Well, those LED lights take almost no electricity, you know, compared to that incandescent of years ago. So they're taking 10% of the load. Well, so what what used to be a 100-watt light bulb is now just using 10 watts of, of that same electricity and putting out the same amount of lumens or the same amount of light um, as that old bulb. But it doesn't make any heat. Well, that's a good thing. So just be aware that when you're buying dimmers and light bulbs that becoming more and more energy efficient, uh, 
you have now the responsibility of getting those two items to play well together in the sandbox. Let's go to the phone lines here and talk to my friend Tom. Hey, Tom, Scott Mosby here. Good afternoon. Welcome to KMOX. Hello. Hello, Tom. You're on, my friend. Happy holidays. Hello. Hello, Tom. Are you there? Do you hear me? Yeah, now I can hear you. Okay. That, yeah. How, how can I help you, my friend? I have a question on uh, crawl spaces in the St. Louis area. The yeah. I have two or three inches of C6 over the dirt, and that's okay. it. No moisture barrier or anything. And there's four vents to the outside. Should I leave those open year round? Yeah, because of the humidity. Uh, if you had a polyethylene sheet, you know, a, a vapor area underneath that uh, stone, you'd be in really good shape because that's the important part. The gravel um, is mostly there to hold the, the, the poly down, um, so I'm disappointed. But it's the moisture, so the humidity down there is going to be 80%, 90%, and if you don't let that air move through there and change it, then you're going to grow mold and mildew, and it's it just going to be wet all the time. But if you were to enclose that, you can enclose it and you can insulate it, but then you have to run a dehumidifier to drop the humidity there. Otherwise, you're going to grow all kinds of little nasties in there, Tom. And then you'd have to figure out how to drain the dehumidifier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The typical remodeling project, you know, when you do a right thing number one, there's a right thing number two, and a three and a four in the wings. Amen. So if, if, how about if I do nothing, does this letter go, or it's been there for for about 18 years? Yeah, it, yeah. The only thing that is, um, and, and this you, your house is built for the standard that has been for a hundred years. Uh, the only thing that has changed is that we've learned that there is another way that we can insulate that foundation. But I'm, but then you're building, you're putting a swimming pool liner in there. You're putting insulation on the walls. You you know then you dehumid. So it's pricey to do anything other than what you have. <laughs> All right. So yes, there's a better way, and it costs a bunch of bucks. All right. <laughs> so I'll just let her go then. Yeah. Just kind of be, uh, uh, pay attention. Now, you can, Tom, you can insulate the walls of that, uh, you know, your concrete block or fo- con- concrete, whatever it is on your foundation. And that will warm up a little bit. The in- Even though you have those vents, um, very little goes through those vents in terms of circulation. But it does something. If you were to seal it up, then, you know, your water vapor that gets re- your high humidity down there would have no way to escape. And, and that's when you have indoor air qualities that the room above will start smelling, you know, musty and moldy. And so yeah. Yeah, I'd, le- I'd leave it alone and or put a vent fan in there. Sometimes you can get these little vent fans that fit in that eight by or 16 inch by eight inch place. So, yeah, I was wondering about a vent fan would help somewhat then. Yeah, on the exhaust. So you would pull air out. So you would put the fan in blowing out and it would draw right. the air inhaled in through the other. So you're you're negatively you're drawing air from the house down into the crawl space where you do it the other way. You're going to drive all that stinky, smelly, wet air up into the rest of the good house. OK, well, thank you much then. Yeah, good question. I uh, haven't had a crawl space, but it's important, Tom, and you're asking a very important question. So thanks. Have good holidays. You too. Thank you much. Bye now. 
Scott but, Mosby, Home Improvement. Uh, stay tuned. One o'clock, your retirement professionals. Two o'clock, business, a family business. Three p.m., NFL football right here on KMOX. Uh, Christmas Eve, uh, going to be about 67 degrees. Christmas Day, 63. Rainish. Yeah, somewhere, if you can hear my voice, you're, you're kind of in these uh, kind of areas. Uh, and just remember, there are folks around that are less fortunate than you and I if you're listening to KMOX. Um, maybe it's our role to kind of help others, and you can do that with Stuff the Truck. Stop things by uh, at our office at Mosby Building at Stuff the Truck. Happy holidays, folks. Blessings to you all.